0: With the spread of COVID-19 there's a lot of panic right? There's a lot of alarm, there's a lot of cancellations. Um, but on the on the one side there are those things and on the other side there are there there is also some brashness, maybe even some indifference that swells up in even our our own hearts. So we see true colors coming out. The questions are these though. How do I respond to the alarm? How do I respond to the panic? Do I go and buy up all the toilet paper and the bottled water in the store? I'm still struggling with that one. I thought when I went to the store this week that all the vitamin C and all the fever reducers would be gone. But I found water gone and I found uh, toilet paper gone. Maybe I don't understand. That was meant to be an attempted humor. Um, I'm not sure that it came across that way. Or can we do that right now? Maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can't. But I did. Um, but seriously, what? What do we do with that? What do we do with the alarm? What do we do with the panic? Um, I find myself, do I find myself being governed by fear? Do I find myself being governed by anxiety? Um, Do I feel myself being indifferent and frustrated at the way other people respond? That surely is an unprecedented stuff in our lifetime that we're dealing with right now. What would God have us do? What would God have us think? How would God have us act? What would God want for our hearts right now? Where have you gone this week? Where has your heart gone this week? Where have your thoughts gone this week? With all the things and the panic and the indifference that goes on around you. Maybe you've gone to your phone. I have. My screen time app reminds me every day that I'm like two hours over what I'm usually at. Um, or I come to the end of the week and I find that I'm constantly on my phone. Um, Where have you gone this week? Well, I planned, I fully planned. I actually had two weeks because Chris graciously preached last week, did a great job. Thank you, Chris, for preaching last week. I actually had two weeks to prepare for Genesis 4. We're in the series in Genesis chapter 4 and I had two weeks to prepare and I was fully ready uh, to preach Genesis 4 and then yesterday I just woke up and I felt like We needed to head a different direction this morning. So I don't know how my sermon will be with one day of prep. You can decide. Um, But I really felt the spirit just kind of moving and and communicating to me that, man, we we need to deal with this head on. And the next week, we'll walk back into Genesis 4, the second part of Genesis 4, which is interesting, which it could have preached. Because Genesis, the second part of Genesis 4 is the advance of civilization. We could laugh at that a little bit. The advance of civilization, but the moral decline. Uh... Of humanity. And so we'll get into that next week. But I felt because this is unprecedented, whether you believe it's unprecedented in what's happening or whether you believe it's unprecedented in the response, um, just that we needed to tackle this head on. That I wanted to remind you of some key truths from God's Word as you go forward this week. Um, because this is a church, this is a time when the church actually can shine. Historically, the church has shined in times like these, and I want you to be fully equipped to shine um, as the church and the gospel being on display this week and next week and however long this lasts. I want to give you three things this morning, three things um, for you to consider in your mind and your heart as you move through the week this week. First, the first idea is this. Let's remember what and who we know. Let's remember what and who we know couple different texts. We usually go through an exposition of Scripture. We're a little bit more topical today, and so I think we have a few texts um, maybe in the back there. Matthew chapter 6, um, verse 34. Matthew 6, um, verse 34. Do we have it? Thank you. Uh, Matthew 6, as maybe you know, Jesus is talking. He spends a lot of talking time talking about anxi- anxiety, and he says, let your heart not be troubled. Don't be anxious. And then he goes through the list, right? He goes through the list of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and how God clothes them and takes care of them. And then he summarizes what he has to say about anxiety um, by saying this in, in Matthew six thirty four. He says, therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient, right? <laughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, Philippians chapter 4 also says it this way, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And you know the next verse, right? Let the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. And then verse 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is worthy of praise. Think about those things. Maybe that's something you need to do right now if you find yourself being governed by worry and governed by anxiety. See, worry is not your friend and panic is not our way, Christian. Worry is not our friend and panic is not our way. Let's ask God through his spirit that we might be governed by faith rather than fear. When I think about this, I think about Corey Tim Boom. I think about the deadly virus that was Nazi fascism in her day. And she said it this way Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, it empties today of its strength. Amen. It's so true. Have you found that to be true in your life this week? So the point would be this worry won't change your circumstances. It won't change your circumstances or lower your chance of catching a virus. It will only bring you trouble. And ultimately we know this. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-five through fifty-seven. First Corinthians fifteen is all about the resurrection and the hope we have in Christ. And first Corinthians fifteen, ultimately we need not worry because Christ has defeated sin and death. Look at it. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death. Where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great promise for us to remember that whether life or death, we have victory in Christ, and he has defeated sin and death. What are some practical applications to this truth that we need to remember who and what we know? What are some practical applications to that? Let me ask you a question. A number of questions. What are the things that feed your fear? Right now, what are the things that feed your fear? Let me ask you this. What are the things that fuel your faith? What are the things that feed your fear? What are the things that fuel your faith? I don't know about you, but spending more time on my app scrolling where only I can find information about the coronavirus and the panic that I need to continue to, to live in, does not feed my faith. It does not fuel my faith. It feeds my fear. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get updates. You need to get updates. You need to get a morning update or a noon update or an evening update. But I want you to think about how much time you're spending with that TV just going or your app open. And I want you to think about how much time that you're spending with the Lord. Maybe that's the Alexa and worship in your home. Maybe it's time sitting on your back porch, reading scripture or praying. Listen, it takes just as much energy to worry as it does to pray. So to encourage you, I would exhort you this morning to consider how much time you're spending, how much time you're spending focused on this. I'll just give you a parenting fail on this, all right? A parenting fail for us on this happened in Harvey. So we had just got Samuel back from Ethiopia, which was hard enough to get him out of country. And about a month later, later, Harvey hit. And during Harvey, um, we had the TV on constantly. He'd never been around probably a TV that long. And so we just had it on constantly. And after Harvey, about six months later, we're not a family that watches a whole lot of live TV. And so that was a different kind of thing for us. So about six months later, we are, uh, something's going on in the world and we had the TV on for like an hour. And I I remember watching Samuel, he went outside, he opened the door, and he said, Daddy, is it going to start raining? I said, what are you talking about? Is it going to start raining? What do you mean? He's like, well, you have the TV on, so, so a hurricane's coming, right? And in that moment, I thought, you know, that probably, it for sure produced in us more fear and more anxiety, but it certainly had an effect on our children as well. Is the hurricane coming? So I would encourage you, I would encourage you to continue to spend time in God's word. I would encourage you, as Philippians 4 does, to pray, to give God thanks, and the peace of Christ will will, will come to you. I would encourage you to do that. So let's be a praying people right now, but let's remember what and who, who and what we know, but I've got another thought for you. We need to remember what and who we know, but we also need to trust God and to love people well. We need to trust God and love people well. Look at the way the, Psalm, the psalmist says this. Psalm 37, verse 3. Look at how he puts these two things together. This is David, and he is going through suffering and persecution. People are coming after him, and he says these two things. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend, I love this, faithfulness. Trust and do good. New Testament says it this way in First Peter, chapter four, verse 19. If you know the book of First and Second Peter, it's written to a persecuted church or a church about to come under persecution. And so whether it's persecution or trial, this is a great truth for us this morning. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will, entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Do you see it? And trust yourself to a faithful creator. We've been in Genesis. We've seen God's faithfulness in his creation and the blessing that he brings to us as image bearers. We've also seen his mercy and his grace to, the, to humankind as they fell into sin. And so we need to trust God and we need to love his people. If we wanna worry about something, if I can say it that way, let's worry about loving people well. Let's have concern about loving people well. And this is what the church is known for, just FYI. This is why in our country we have a tax break, because the society back in the day, and even now, sees the church as people who do good. You see, when things like Hurricane Harvey hit, when Katrina hit, when tsunamis happen, when pandemics come, see the church shines, it doesn't shrink. The church shines, it doesn't shrink. Jesus Christ can be put on display with actions and words. That's the example of Jesus, right? Literally, that's the example of Jesus. The New Testament says it this way, that Jesus came in the flesh, that he dwelt among us. Think about what that looked like for him. That meant that he came into this fallen human place, this earth that is fallen, is full of sickness, that is full of sin and full of death, and he became one of us. And he walked in that. He took on sickness and death that you and I might have life. This is the example, literal example of Jesus, who he was and what he did. What what does that actually look like, though? I mean, how do we love people well right now? We've been called, rightfully so, to, to socially distance ourselves from one another. So how can we love people well? That's not an easy question for you and me to answer. But how do we love people well right now in this situation as the body of Christ, as the city set on a hill? How do we do that? The first thing I would say is this, is, is that we need to have a loving attitude. We need to have a loving attitude. And honestly, I'll be straight with you. Honestly, I think a lot of this is overbaked. I think there's a lot of hysteria right now, but that's the way the world reacts to things like this. And yet, I have... A father-in-law who just went through a chemo treatment. And he needs to be at home away from people. And I need to be thoughtful about that. I may get a virus. I may get the coronavirus. You may get the coronavirus. But it doesn't mean you're going to have the symptoms that you could give to somebody else. And so we need to have a loving attitude for those people, for, for example, whose immune systems aren't like ours. We need to be thoughtful about people. We need to care about people who's, su- who are susceptible to things that we might not be susceptible to. That means that we're selfless. That means that we're considering the needs of others, how my actions and how my attitudes could affect them. And we need to have a loving attitude on social media. We have a lot of time, maybe not at work right now, so we're on social media more. We need to be, have a thoughtful attitude when I post on social media, maybe even who, with people who differ from me who differ from me on how we should handle this or if we should meet or if we shouldn't meet. I have a loving attitude in those ways. There's also loving actions that you can take and I can take to look around you. You might have an elderly neighbor that needs to be looked in on. Maybe you go and get them groceries and you drop it at their door. Maybe it's the person who's working 15 hours at HEB right now, But you share an encouraging word and you thank them. Rather than getting up in the front of the line and saying, why does it take so long? So loving actions. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's teaching your kids about the frailty of life. Maybe it's reminding yourself about the frailty of life in this situation. To share the gospel with them. When they are afraid, to share the word with them. To say, when you're afraid, you can trust in him. Did you know that, kids? When you're afraid, you can trust in God. He is with you. He cares for you. He loves you. And we can put the gospel on display in the midst of suffering in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. This is what Peter calls the people who are persecuted and going through trial to do. To share the hope that is within you. People need hope right now. It's a great opportunity to do that. Listen, COVID-19 is teaching us a lot. It's teaching us a lot about how frail our lives really are. It's a great reminder of our need for Christ in a culture that really doesn't often present needs, at least felt needs, right? He's where we find our hope. It's not inside of ourselves. It's not in the culture. It's not in the world that we live in. It's not in our stuff, and it's not even in our health. It's in Christ. That's where we find our hope. You know, if you're here this morning or you're listening in and you don't yet know Christ, there's bad news. The bad news that there's, there's worse news than COVID-19. There's a pandemic that nobody has ever escaped. It's a pandemic called sin that always ends in death. But Christ has taken on, literally taken on that pandemic on himself, and he is the only vaccine for it. Might today be the day that you turn from sin and the weight of that sin that sits on you and turn to Christ who offers you freedom from the bondage of sin and offers you forgiveness, not on your merits, but on the merits of Christ. And so we need to be a people who trust God, to entrust ourselves to a faithful creator. And we also need to be a people who love others well, to get our eyes off of ourselves and love other people in this well. And last, let's be wise. So we need to remember who and what the Bible says we are. We need to remember Christ. We need to love people well. Um, We need um, to trust God, but we need to be wise too. We need to be wise. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says it this way. Some of you are going to love this passage. Um, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple Go on and suffer for it. New favorite verse for some of us. Um, So let's be wise. Listen, it's not extra Christian to take careless, foolish risk, is it? It's not loving or it's not biblical. I want to share with you something from Martin Luther. So when they were going through uh, the Black Death, the Black Plague, a guy named John Hess, Hess, which is a guy from church history as well, um, they were writing back and forth. They were writing back and forth about um, is it appropriate for a Christian to flee from the black plague? Here is what Martin Luther. Think of Martin Luther. Think about the fiery guy, Martin Luther. Here is what Martin Luther said. Maybe you've maybe you've seen this quote. I love it because it, it it's such a wise it's such wise counsel. Here's the excerpt. He says this to John Hess. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate. Help purify the air, administer medicine to others, and take it myself. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. If my neighbor needs me, I shall not avoid place or person, but go there freely. You see, faith is not... I can't read my writing. I wrote it down here. Faith is not brash or fool And it also doesn't tempt God. Do you hear all the wisdom in this? Here's what Martin Luther is saying. He's saying, God is sovereign over my life. If he wants to take me, he will find me. He will take me. That's believing in God's sovereignty in your life and resting in his sovereignty. But then he says, I'm going to pray that God protects us so he's asking God to protect them. He's in prayer to protect himself and others. And he's also not careless. He said, hey, look, I'm, I don't need, if I don't need to be somewhere, I'm not in the middle of a plague. So that's being wise and careful. And he also said he's going to love people well. If someone is in need, I'm going to go to them without delay. I'll administer medicine to other people. Do you hear all that wisdom? From Martin Luther. It's not one or the other. It was all of the above. So let's be people who are wise. We need not be afraid. We have a savior who has conquered sin and death. We can be concerned. We can be careful. We can be wise. And that might mean staying home. That might mean listening to the right voices. Listen, if Montgomery County, I'll just tell you, if Montgomery County this week says all gatherings of 100 people or more need to cancel, then we're probably going to do it. We're going to do it. And if the elders this week decide next week we're gonna go online, then we may do that. We want to be wise about this. We want to consider all these things when we make decisions That I encourage you to do so as well. So we wanna be wise and we wanna trust him. We wanna love people well. We wanna remember who and what we know from God's word. And I wanna close with this though. It's interesting. Um, in Wuhan, China, which is the epicenter of all of this. Maybe you've heard this news. But in Wuhan, China, it's interesting to see what some of the Christians are doing there reported by World News and others. What you see in Wuhan, China with Christians is they're being careful. Um, and, And think about Wuhan, China compared to here. These are persecuted Christians that meet underground mostly. And yet, there are Christians that are in Wuhan, China that are passing out masks in the street and telling people about the love of Christ. There are Christian churches in China, the underground church, who are caring for medical people who are trying to help the people infected. There are believers in churches that are being encouraged in doing it, going to homes and dropping food off at quarantine, with quarantine families. There's a story, there's many stories, but there's a story of a woman who was dying And this church led this lady to Christ and then after she died, they filmed her funeral so that they could send it back to family who couldn't be there. This is the church shining in the midst of a pandemic. So we're called to love people well, we're called to be wise, we're called to trust God, we're called to lay our burdens at his feet. So I wanna encourage you in that. If I could sum all of that up, I would say it this way, we need to entrust ourselves to God. We need to entrust ourselves to our faithful creator, to not worry and not fear and not panic. It's interesting, as we think about entrusting ourselves to our faithful creator, the book of 1 Peter, before chapter four says it this way, that Jesus himself entrusted himself when he went to the cross to the Father. So we need to entrust ourselves to the Father. And we need to also embrace opportunity for mission. We need to embrace the opportunities that God puts before us and use wisdom doing it. Be encouraged, be rooted and grounded in the gospel. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the balm that your word is. When we come to times like these, whether we are frustrated or whether we are anxious and fearful, Lord, you have these words for us Your words are life. Remember the disciple who said, where would we go? You have the words of life. And so we trust in Jesus in this time. And Lord, we pray. We pray for our world. We pray um, that you would end this quickly. We pray um, that we would trust you. And we pray that we would shine as lights in the universe. um, That people might see you in the way that we react and respond as believers in Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen.